0: as we enter into these last couple weeks of SM, we have two more SM nights after tonight, which is just wild to me that we're at that place in the year. But um, we wanted to take time together to focus on Advent. Um, Advent will start at our church here um, this coming Sunday. But um, wanted to take time to pursue that season together in this time. So um, we created this Advent study called Fulfilled, and we'll be talking more about that. But Um, Just kind of as a refresher of, like, Advent in general. Um, Advent is a Latin word, and it means coming or arrival. And so as we go into the first um, or the four weeks leading up to Christmas, we celebrate the arrival of Jesus. We celebrate his arrival on earth and what he will then do as he lives a perfect life, as he dies and is resurrected, and what that means in our life. Um, and so, in this time of Advent, we have the opportunity to pause, um, to reflect on God's faithfulness. Um, and I particularly hope um, that we will leave this time being fulfilled only in Christ. That is what we will be focusing on. So, Christmas time in general, if we all think about it, is often filled with filling ourselves. We fill ourselves with food. We fill ourselves with parties and gifts and activities and activities. And it can be so easy for us to fill ourselves up with all these things, but neglect to fill up on Jesus. I think usually the seasons of my life that I've been the most spiritually dry is in Advent because we can just do so much stuff in this season. And just even schools picks up and sports can pick up. There's so many things going on. And so, Um, We really have to be mindful of what are we filling ourselves with. Um, And it's just so awesome because Jesus promises to fulfill us. Um, It says in Matthew 5, 6, um, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. We will be satisfied when we hunger and thirst for the Lord. And so this study over the next um, two weeks and tonight will focus on this idea of being satisfied, being fulfilled in Jesus. And to do this, we're going to study how Jesus perfectly filled three Old Testament roles, prophet, priest, and king. And so we'll investigate what was significant about these roles back then, but also how it applies to us today. And ultimately what we're going to find out is that in God sending Jesus, we have everything that we could possibly need to be fulfilled in life through Jesus's word, which is what we'll talk about for profit, his sacrifice, um, which is how he fulfilled being a priest, and through his leadership as a king and the ruler of our lives. And so each week, like I said, we'll focus on one of these, and tonight we're going to dive into profit. And the big idea that I really hope we can learn from Jesus as the perfect prophet is that fulfillment can be found in the words of Jesus. But before we specifically focus on profit tonight, I do want to set the scene a bit because I think it's helpful um, for the significance and just kind of general responsibilities of each role. Um, So each of these roles is going to represent a way that God sought after us because we were broken and sinful people. We are broken and sinful people. Um, But God's people back then, um, when these were just Old Testament um, roles, they did not have the same access to the Lord like we do today. And so These roles were created to be buffers or bridges um, between God's people and God himself. And so a prophet's main responsibility is to bring God's word to his people. Um, In these days, like I said, um, the people of Israel could not speak directly to God. And so um, God raised up these prophets who would be able to speak to and then the prophets would then um, share his words, his commands, his laws with his people. And some examples that you might have heard of are Moses, Elijah, and Jeremiah. A priest's main responsibility was providing the purification necessary to allow unholy people to enter into God's holy presence. The priest's would offer sacrifices to the Lord according to um, the ways that God had put in law for the Old Testament. And these sacrifices included blood, and an animal, typically, and they were made to cover the sins of people um, so that they may be in the presence of God. Um, Before Jesus, we did not have the gift of the Holy Spirit, God dwelling in and among us, and there was a veil in the temple that separated God's people from his presence, and we will see that Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of that. Some examples of priests that you may have heard of is Aaron and Melchizedek. So for king, their responsibility was rescuing God's people and ruling over them with wisdom and justice. Earthly kings were instructed to do this, the wisdom and justice, so that they can make the people's needs and safety a priority. But what we will learn is that they often fail, unfortunately, and they they would fall into sin. Some kings even would take power into their own hands rather than it being given to them by God. And some kings that you can think of, Might be David, Solomon, and Saul. And so to summarize, um, just kind of again, these three roles as we dive into this study, I really loved um, this quote from Dennis Johnson, who's a Bible scholar. And he explained these roles like this. He says, These leaders stood between the Lord and his people as covenant mediators, functioning both as buffers and bridges. They were needed as buffers because God is holy and pure through this consuming fire, whose purity is dangerous to defiled and sinful people. Israel's prophets, priests, and kings also functioned as bridges. Because God is gracious, he intends to restore and retain his bond of love and loyalty even with defiled and defiant people. So he comes to us, speaks with us, reconciles us, rules and defends us, and directs us into paths that please him. You can see how each of these roles is kind of described there, prophet, priest, and king. And so in order to fulfill this, God sends his son to do these roles perfectly like no other person could do And he does this to allow us to be able to draw near to the throne of grace with confidence, to make Jesus the perfect bridge and buffer. And so we can kind of see this in Hebrews specifically by reading Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 3. It says, Long ago and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purifications for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And so you can kind of see again in this passage, um, each of those things in verse 1, how it's now God who speaks to us. In verse 3, that he made the last purifications for our sins. And in verse 3 also, he rules and reigns at the right hand of the majesty on high. So that's a really high-level overview. I'm not going to take any more time going through each of those as we'll dive into them. But tonight we're going to focus, like I said, on prophet. And so we've kind of learned, um, if you were reading the slide, that the basic role of the prophet is to bring God's word to his people. But how does he do this? Or how do prophets do this? Um, So prophets would first hear from the Lord— What is to be shared, whether through a dream, maybe in a prayer time that they're having with the Lord, or just words that God spoke to them directly. And when they received that, they would then communicate what was said, God's will, his commands, his ways. And he would use that to encourage people to remain faithful in trial. So much of what the prophets did was encouraging people when things were really hard. Um, We needed people to encourage us. We still need people to encourage us. And these people would also call people to repentance or even warn them that something they're doing was wrong and that they needed to repent um, when they sinned and they fall short of the glory of God. We can see um, one of the greatest and first examples is Moses, who went directly into the presence of God on Mount Sinai and received the Ten Commandments, the law of God. And then he spoke it over God's people and continued to lead them as they sought to follow the law while wandering in the desert. And towards the end of Moses' life, he shares a prophecy that the Lord has given him. It says in Deuteronomy 15, and then we'll skip to verse 18. um, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. And I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And so God is fulfilling this prophecy um, by raising up prophets after him like Isaiah and Elijah, But he truly, fully fulfills this prophecy that we see in Deuteronomy by raising up Jesus. And as we continue reading Hebrews, the author more directly even shares how Jesus is greater than Moses and these prophets. Um, Hebrews 3, 1 through 6 says, Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession, who is faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also is faithful in God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house, if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. And so from this passage and just kind of all that we've already learned about prophet, I want to highlight three ways that we can really um, take away um, Jesus being the better Moses and perfect prophet. And we can see that he is the better prophet in his person and in his work and in his words. Um, so in his person, Christ is superior to the prophets because he is God um, compared to, It compares him um, to the builder of the house in the passage we just wrote, as he is the creator and builder of all things. How much more glory would a builder have than the house itself? We are the house. And if we also think back to the first Hebrews um, that we read, chapter 1, specifically verse 3, it proclaims Jesus is the radiance of the Father. I really loved this analogy that I found it compared radiance to the sun, how sun has rays. But the rays are still a part of the sun, and so we can think about Jesus as the same way. He is like a ray of the sun, and God is the sun. So you can't, you can't separate Christ's glory from the nature of God or from him being God. Um, secondly, he fulfills being a perfect prophet by his work. Um, in verses one through two of um, Hebrews chapter three, it says, Consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession, who is faithful to him who appointed him. This passage is declaring that Jesus was a faithful apostle or a faithful prophet um, to God who sent him. He is the only person that lived a perfect and sinless life, and he's the only prophet who was truly faithful. All the time. And lastly, in his words, Jesus is the better prophet. Jesus um, shares the word of the Lord from the highest place of authority than any other prophet. We read in John 1, 1 through 2, he is the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Christ is the source and center of everything that God has to say. He gives us the full and complete message where so many other prophets gave Um, kind of an incomplete or temporary one. And unlike the other prophets, his word have the power to give us eternal life. And so I hope that we can see as we leave tonight, Jesus is the greatest prophet that there will ever be. And because of this, we can trust in his words that they're the best words that we could ever hear, that they have the power to give us eternal life and to fulfill every longing and question and desire of our hearts Um, As I said earlier, there's so many things that we could fill ourselves with in this season and just in general. Um, But I can tell you from personal experience that they will never last. Anything else you try to fill yourself with will never last. And they will never make you feel as good as you might think that it will. Um, We can really deceive ourselves. The heart is deceptive that... These other things that we try to put into our brain, that we watch, that we hear from other people, that we do, that we eat, um, that those things are what satisfies us, maybe even a relationship, but it never will. It never makes us feel as good as we think, but Jesus will. Um, His words are everlasting, and his words will always stay the same, no matter where you go, no matter what happens in your life, and he sent his son to be the greatest prophet ever so that his words were recorded for us to learn from. Um, They're recorded in the Bible so that we may be continually filled by the written word and the living word of Jesus. And so my consideration for you guys as we go into small groups is how are you letting the word of Jesus and his words as prophet fill you each day? Maybe you're in a season where you just haven't really been reading much of his words and that's, that is okay. Like, I have been there. I might even currently be there if I really analyze my own life. Um, It's not a place to feel shame. Like, I'm not trying to shame anybody. It's just an evaluation of like, what am I filling myself with? What am I reading? What am I investing my time in? And wherever you are at, consider how his words can truly be the fulfillment of your every day. Maybe you need some sticky notes in your house or in your car if you drive of verses that help speak truth into your life. Um, Maybe you need to carve out some time before bed to just read some of your Bible and be encouraged because a lot of times at the end of the day, we can just rehash everything that went wrong, everything that we wish we had done differently um, or just feel stressed. But if we end our day with the word, like, it's going to leave you feeling more fulfilled. Um, it's going to leave you feeling better than scrolling on TikTok, which I have a hard time myself not doing. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe you even just need to ask somebody to walk with you through the Word. Um, the Word can be hard. The Bible can be hard to understand. Um, and maybe you just need to ask somebody if they would um, just sit with you and let you ask questions. Um, I would just encourage you guys to ask the Lord, even just tonight before you go to bed, um, what would he have you do in order to be truly fulfilled by him and his word. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to talk more about this in small group. Jesus, um, yeah, thank you, God, that you came as the perfect prophet, um, that you came to offer us um, a way to truly be fulfilled, um, a way to be saved, a way to be with God when we used to not be able to be with God. Um, Thank you, Lord, that you sent Jesus to um, give us a final word that we have written for all Um, years to come of our life that we get to learn from, that we get to grow from, and we get to encourage other people with. Um, Jesus, I just pray that that word would seek really deeply into our hearts and that we would truly feel that we are um, fulfilled by your words. I pray that as we go to small groups, we can just be honest and, and just have really awesome conversations. And I pray this in your name. Amen.